0: one group came and they attended the presentation. And then afterwards they asked me to come and and sit down and I sat down with them and we're all sitting at a round table and there is a girl who's asking me questions. And then finally she says, what's your favorite attribute of God? And I said to her, you know what? That's a, that's a great question. You know, I said to the group, I said, this is a great question. How about we go around first before I answer, how about everybody shares their favorite? And so they said, great. And so this person says, uh, God is beautiful. Another one says God takes care of me. Another one said God is loving. The next one said God is loving. Next one said God is beautiful. Another one said God is you know, always providing for me or something like that. And so when it finally got to me, you know, by the time it got to me, I had realized that all three of them were rotating between three attributes love, beauty, and taking Brilliant. care of. Hmm. Provision, all of that. And so when it got to me, I said, before I I share mine, you had mentioned that God is beautiful. We have a name for that. It's called Al-Jameel. They're like, what do you mean? I've got a name for that. What does that mean? Right. (laughs) Another one says, uh, I say to them, you said that God takes care of you. We have a name for that. Called al And again, they're like, you said that God is loving. We have a name. That al Wadud, right? And so now they're all just looking at me like, What are you saying? And
1: then I, you know, like, now yes, Muslims win.
0: No, now <laughs> I'm appreciating that like every name that we have is an attribute and is access that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us about Himself that other people don't have. <laughs>
1: Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to today's Islam21C unscripted podcast. It's the first podcast we're doing after Eid al-Adha, uh, lockdown 2020. Uh, mashallah, I hope you guys had a great Eid. We have a special uh, Eid, as you can tell I'm wearing some nice uh, Eid clothes, a comb my hair and everything. We've got a special Eid episode for you here with a very special topic. Uh, we have all the way beaming in from the United States of uh, the US of A, uh, Sheikh Amar Shukri. Uh, from Al-Maghrib. as Alaikum alaykum, Shaykh.
0: Wa Alaikum Assalam rahmatullah. Doctor, Ibn Mubarak, how
1: are Ayib you Mubarak. doing? Ibn Mubarak. I'm uh, good. Alhamdulillah, how are you?
0: Alhamdulillah, very good. Very so, good. Shaykh sure. Amaru,
1: shukri, he's uh, he's uh, doing a an Al-Maghrib course pretty soon, I think, uh, and it's uh, one of the, mashallah, uh, online sellout courses. Uh, not not that you're a sellout or anything, I mean, this the course is a... You know what I mean? But... Uh, uh,
0: we're still in Eid mode, and you're taking shots <laughs> already.
1: Uh, the uh, the course, uh, I thought, you know, being uh, being me, I thought, i would get get him on because we really, really love the uh, the topic of the the course. It is Allah's Parnet, Allah's divine names, uh, the beautiful names of Allah, and I thought again, being me, uh, we could get a bit of a free uh, freebie out of him uh, by uh, having a chat with him uh, in today's podcast. And what better uh, topic to uh, busy ourselves with, uh, then the 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 divine uh, names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, but first of all, how's your age chief? Uh, are you guys still in lockdown? And
0: yeah, super kind of locked stuff? out. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I live in Houston, Texas, and Houston, Texas, right now. Uh, uh, at least last time I checked, was the epicenter of COVID in the United States. Really. Uh, yeah. I thought it was New York. It was New York for a while. That was around uh, March and April. And then it switched over to Houston, Texas. Mm. And so um, I, uh, I've i been away from New York for maybe five or six months. It's been under lockdown. I live in Houston, but I'm from New York. So mm. my mom still lives in New York. And so uh, for Eid al adha we just, family and I, we just decided to drive up to New York. So right now I'm in New York, alhamdulillah uh drove uh a good two days to get here <laughs> good.
1: Mashallah, mashallah. so tell us about this uh the course you're delivering then inshallah
0: so the course is called his majesty unlocking the names of allah and it is a course that alhamdulillah over the past three or four years i've taught everywhere mm. anywhere there's a maghrib location i've taught it uh you know in the uk in birmingham and in yeah, see, I'm so familiar with the UK, I say Birmingham now. I don't even say Birmingham.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham. No, I not Birmingham.
0: Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. But it's Birmingham. I taught it in London. I've taught it in um, Glasgow, in Scotland, and in, in Manchester, Allah. and other cities as well. And finally, after touring all over the world with it, we launched it online, alhamdulillah. So for those who weren't able to attend it live and in person, that they're able to to attend it uh, live, Inshallah ta'ala, but online. And this course is about the names of Allah. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing, as you mentioned, there's nothing more important, nothing greater than talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, talking about his divine attributes, talking about his blessed names. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a very spiritual and beautiful experience.
1: Mashallah. Um. So I heard, I don't know if this is like a, a Maghrib rivalry thing. I heard that course is better than Abu Isa's uh, Protect His House course. <laughs> Is that something you've you've been paying people to to say? Or...
0: <laughs> I would not that. It's two different, completely different experiences <laughs> and two different topics. I wasn't expecting any sort yeah. of comparison. Definitely not with Sheikh Abu so That's my guy. That's my Sheikh, and mm. uh, you know Manchester's finest. I found out he's from London recently. I didn't even know that he was from London this whole time.
1: Yeah, but that's sure why he doesn't talk seen. that funny.
0: Oh, that's probably yeah. why. I don't. Yeah. I, I do understand him pretty easily. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So you oh, did no. the, the course it's, in Birmingham. Courses, yeah. Did you get any um any interesting reactions there? In Birmingham? Birmingham is a, so, is, a, is a is an interesting place.
0: Uh so Birmingham is a a very interesting place. Um are you from Birmingham? No, no, no. Oh, so we're just, we're just taking shots at Birmingham yeah. right now. Is the <laughs> no, I mean throughout the UK i have had a lot of interesting experiences just like mm. British culture. And British Muslim culture I'll give you an example I was One time I had played a, a video for um, I think this was in Manchester We played a video And there was The video is in Arabic And there were these subtitles And the subtitles This was actually in Bradford That's where it was mm-hmm. And the subtitles uh, The projector had the subtitles off the screen And so people couldn't see it And I had already sat down And I had my back to the video I did. I wasn't watching it And I look up and I see that the entire auditorium, they're all sitting there and they're watching the video and the subtitles are off the screen. They can't see it. And so I stop the video. I say, you know, replay it, fix the screen so that you can. And then I asked everybody, I was like, why didn't you guys say anything? Like, not a single person raised his hand to be like, we can't see the subtitles. And they were like, they told me, they were like, we were just going to go home and watch it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> You guys are uh, so. That's uh,
1: the British adab.
0: That, yeah, that is like yeah. you know, Americans would have. You know, two seconds in, they would have started raising their hands. They would have started yelling. <laughs> but the British, the entire room was just sitting there, quiet, mm. not understanding what was going on, but not willing to interrupt the cadence.
1: <laughs> MashaAllah. But I mean, you know, the 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 top. One of the sad things about the topic, uh, in in our times of of uh, Asma and Sifat of, of Allah's names and attributes. Is that it's been kind of um, uh, it's morphed along the line somewhere into a very uh, kind of um, didactic kind of academic subject where you're talking about very specific things in a in a, a theological way um, rather than the actual um, it's one of my pet peeves you know rather than the actual impact it's supposed to have on your life or you know arguably the reason why Allah revealed those names to us subhanahu wa taala you know, why he told us about these names and attributes is not so we can you know refute people who have a misunderstanding or so uh, etc but rather actually there must be something in there that Allah wanted us to know these certain things because xyz right um is That's that something a... you find in the USA i mean in the UK I've, i found it quite a bit in terms of
0: and i'm i'm really happy that you verbalized that so eloquently because it's 100% true I remember years ago hearing from one of my own mashayikh, Dr. Hatim al-Hajj, Abdullah, and he has a wonderful book on the, the attributes of Allah called uh, Between the God of the Prophets and the God of the Philosophers. And mm. uh, cheap plug, but he'll be, it's not cheap at all, actually. He'll be doing a, a session uh, on his book during, as a bonus <laughs> session for his majesty. But I remember him Asha years Allah. ago saying something. And he said, you know, when a person studies the attributes of Allah, but they're not, actually learning the names themselves right so you're that academic session that you're talking about or that academic language and that's all you're doing um he he likened it to studying a driver's manual but never actually going on a drive right and so you are sitting there and learning about red line means this and two you know dotted lines mean this and a stop sign means this and a yield sign means this Mm. and so you're studying the book really really well but you're not actually enjoying the experience that the, the rules were supposed to facilitate. And that is the drive itself, right? And the, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where a person experiences all of that iman that you're discussing the, the spirituality, the, 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 the ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing Allah, and all of the fruits. That come with each of these names is just an amazing experience, and so that's why this class for me, I just love it so much, and I'm I'm so happy that we're able to mm. to present it inshallah, in, a, in a broader fashion.
1: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I mean, we're trying to at Islam Twenty One C and our kind of connected uh, organizations and and duaat and so forth. We're trying to push a kind of renewal of the way we approach aqeedah. Um not to kind of obviously you know throw out anything uh, you know stuff like that. Completely change akidah or anything people might misunderstand, but actually um, reframe how we discuss aqidah, right? And 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 bringing akidah back to its actual core. And one kind of um, reformulation is uh, that has been suggested is to separate between those things which Allah uh, or the Messenger of Allah sallallahu intended to reveal for the for the purpose of people knowing that thing. Um, such as certain of these names and attributes that Allah wanted us to know that He is Al-Rahman. He wanted us to know that, um, you know, He is the one who brings life and death and so forth. But certain things that are, that, are uh, that have been introduced into the 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 category of aqeedah over the centuries are those things which just came about because of argumentation or debates or refuting kind of deviant sects and stuff. You know. Um, such as the a few maybe particular attributes that um the Qur'an and the Sunnah didn't um, explicitly state for the purpose of conveying those as to the same level as you know Allah mercy and justice and so forth. but they were kind of incidental, uh, right? so and they they kind of got incorporated into the the kind of canon of 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 akira books and so on and so forth. and well, as I, a result. Yeah,
0: the general canon of aqidah texts that you'll read uh, did grow out of engaging, and did grow out mm-hmm. of uh, you know questions that people were asking or debates that people were having. They didn't feel the need to codify things that Muslims understood until those understandings were challenged, mm-hmm. and then when those understandings became challenged, then the ulama would uh decide you know what this is something that we need to actually declare and we need to we need to document and mm. so in that sense it was very much an undertaking that happened over centuries and it continues to be done not necessarily that the reality has changed after what we believe but it being presented it being defended and it being um uh described in the detail that it is described because mm. of that need for clarification
1: yeah yeah i mean some of the um uh, well, I mean the, uh, for example, names and attributes, right? Um, I don't know I know if you cover uh kind of attributes in in, the, in that sense in the in the course, but even names because names include attributes, right? So like the name Al Rahman includes attribute of mercy and so forth. Um, a lot of uh, I mean the, the the this topic has been the subject of intra Muslim kind of uh, debates and refutations and counter-refutation and counter-counter-refutations for centuries and centuries, right? Up to the point where, you know, um, some people just don't want to go into that realm. They don't want to kind of talk about these things because they might upset um, some tendencies between kind of different schools of thought that, that approach this, this issue differently, right? So um, those, for example, who take things uh, uh, on the parent meanings and those who, for example, reinterpret and reinterpret certain uh, names and attributes and so forth. That's why one of the things that we, we've been working on and, and um, some of our mashayikh as well is to to build a kind of a, 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 a part of the, the renewal of how we look at Aqidah is to look at what everyone has in common, to so look at the, the, the shared kind of understanding and the beliefs of all mainstream Muslim groups, right? And say let's focus on that those things, uh, and if there's something where people disagree, uh, you know, like the uh, certain um, the, the the precise meaning of certain attributes and names, then we don't kind of ignore it, but um, that's secondary to the the things that are, which are completely agreed upon by kind of mainstream uh, Muslims throughout the centuries. Yeah, um, is that the kind of thing? Does that? How does that chime with what, what your kind so of method I, is of course? I understand
0: where you're coming from as far as, um, you know, it, it, people took it, for example, and <laughs> they took these uh, concepts to the level of conflict where it didn't necessarily need to reach that level. And so yeah. you have communities experiencing burnout from these discussions on aqida and these, you know, uh, battles uh, because of aqida. And so mm-hmm. then you have, you know, every action brings about an equal and opposite reaction. And so then you have communities who shun the topic of aqeedah. And I would say probably that's what the U.S. has been experiencing for maybe the past 10 years, right? Where you, hmm. you would hardly be able to find the messages where aqeedah is being taught. Fiqh is being taught, purification of the heart is being taught, tafsir is being taught everywhere. But as far as aqeedah being taught, theology, and that is a problem because... Uh, you're talking about, I mean, 10 years is a long time. 10 years is a kid being from 9 years old to, to 19 years old or from 11 years old to 21 years old. That's true. Never being taught theology, mm. never being taught a, an actual belief system, right? And so you see in that vacuum other theologies, right, other, uh, other, uh, uh, other sources of, of moral value, uh, you know, t- t- taking root in that vacuum, whether yeah. it's you know social justice or you know the belief in in in, in any sort of you know um, a wide variety of beliefs, and so I think that aqidah should be taught. I think that it is absolutely natural for the athari to teach the athari creed and for the ashari to teach the ashari creed and the Maturidi to teach the maturi creed. I think that's going to be natural, but people should you know uh, people should. At the same time, each respect, and at the same time, they should teach. These are uh, these are, as you mentioned, branches that have existed for hundreds uh, of years, uh, even longer than that. And so, there is a level of of a community that should not be uh, a community that should not be that should should not be broken because of these differences. But at the same time, do I believe that, for example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala should be viewed and the Quran should be viewed in its apparent meaning absolutely and I would defend it and I would uh, you know uh, and I would teach it right which I do uh, that's my position and and, and that's uh, you know what I believe I mean I, I, I wouldn't not teach that yeah. because of uh, you know some fear of, of, of someone misunderstanding mm-hmm. it or, or it leading to anything because I, I believe that the value that it actually communicates to the students is greater than any harm that may
1: come about. Assalamu guys. Sorry to butt in, eh? But if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islam forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. It's quite interesting that you the, the, the example you gave uh, for the things that's com- things that are competing for the role Aqeedah has traditionally taken right B- competing belief systems maybe like competing political philosophies even like liberalism and that kind of stuff and um increasingly i've been thinking that um Aqeedah, the, the 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 proper place of aqida is similar to maybe like a world view how you see your place in this world you know how you how you interpret things that happen the reality of of uh, you know metaphysics and things, you know, behind the 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 operating system so to speak, you know, the purpose of life. Who is the who is the person or not personal, who Had is the one not, the source of
0: between something is good and, and, and not? How do, you, yeah. how do you where's your moral framework coming from?
1: Yeah. You see on those things I think all Muslims generally tend to agree, no? Even if they're Ash'ari or Athari or Maturidi or whatever. Yeah,
0: but the greatest <laughs> of all is what you believe about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Yeah. Right? And so that, that's where uh, you know these different uh, schools, yeah. uh, all of them. We can definitely say all of them intend goodness. All of them intend tenzi. <clears throat> they intend to exalt Allah Subhanahu yeah. wa and show Him proper love and respect. And and and, and uh, incredible scholars and worshippers and all of that came from from all of these schools, absolutely. Yeah. But that is that is where uh, you know the description and the contention alhamdulillah that that within that sphere uh plays out
1: yeah i mean i think i think if somebody is is careful and they you know they're well read in different schools of thought and stuff i think it's possible to actually unite these uh, schools of thought as well yeah and not not in a kind of fake way of let's put aside our differences but actually understanding you know the different um ways of looking at things and and um coming to because the way, way we historically we look at things is a, a disuniting discourse, right? We say, okay, there's two opinions or there's three opinions on this. One of our values as an organization and our dawah, what we try and kind of uh, um, uh, propagate is to present things in a unifying discourse, right? So instead of, um, say for example, you know, the ruling on something, you know, uncontroversial like having a bath on Friday, right? ghusl Jum'ah, right? The, the traditional way of saying it is there's two opinions. One says, you know, wajib. one says sunnah or something, right? But the thing is psychologically we, we disunite people when we describe things like that. There's an equally valid way of framing it, which is everyone agrees it's something good. Yeah? So every, so you begin with, you know, the, the share, the common denominator, مأقيل, as they say, yeah? Okay. So everyone agrees it's something good. So, one circle, and then there's a a circle, an outer circle. Some people go a bit further and say, you know, it's obligatory, or if you don't do it, you're sinful, for example. So, you've described the same opinions, the same phenomenon, but in a unifying discourse. And I think something, um, a reformulation or reframing of um, topics that were previously or historically very controversial and disuniting, like Asman and Sifat, I think it's possible to. Frame it such that you don't—you're not compromising the actual facts, but the way we're presenting it—it's—it's it, it's appealing and it's—it's it's bringing the common denominator for everyone. You know, everyone agrees, for example, um, that that you know, Allah is the 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 creator. Allah is the 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 one who gives, um, who says, you know, this is uh, right and this is wrong. Allah is the one who is uh, worshipped and obeyed, and so on and so forth—a long list of things. You know. And I think that way, you know, the that we'll actually, I think we can actually get genuine kind of unity amongst Muslims, uh, even from different groups and, 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 and uh, schools of thought and so forth in Aqidah, uh, without uh, which isn't like an, a politically expedient kind of, you know, let's work I, together I, for the congregation, but a genuine I, 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 unifying the hearts.
0: Even easier than that, and more general than that, and more unifying than that, and that is who is your Lord? What is your religion and who's your prophet,
1: mm. right? <laughs> yeah. These three right. questions are asked, mm. uh,
0: but it's the questions that were asked in the grave, mm. right? So everybody becomes united on these concepts. So there are for sure levels of cooperation and spheres. I'm not sure about mm. the uh, the UK in your particular experience. Uh, I can imagine that uh, you know you guys might have had some 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 <laughs> conflict over the past couple of decades in the UK. Yeah. Um, and we had some here in the United States, but I also don't, I, I don't want to present theology and aqid as some sort of like uh boogeyman, right? Where mm. it's as soon as it's mentioned, it's like, oh no, it's going to be divisive and it's going to, you know, burn our community down and our misogyny and things like that. No, if, if uh, the teacher is reasonable and mature and responsible and teaches their students to be uh, reasonable and mature and responsible as well, then inshallah ta'ala, it is, it is. Uh, it yeah. is something that
1: communities Oh, i mean we could just say just change just call it something else call it iman call it Tawheed, for example you know because aqeedah it's not a word that we have to be wedded to or theology or even even less so you know it's have
0: had a bad experience with this name aqeedah
1: it's word. i'm just thinking out loud here because uh, you know because some people get their backs against the wall and
0: you want to call it, you want to, You just want to call it
1: faith yeah. in English? No, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't like the word anyway. Iman, you know, Iman is the most, uh, or something, you know, but, uh, yeah.
0: Tawheed for some people is <laughs> even scarier than aqeedah
1: That's true. But that's something, you know, you know Allah has mentioned, uh, in the Quran and it's in the Sunnah and, you know, at least there's a, there's a, you know, hopefully it doesn't, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, th- these this is the this is the the time we live in. You know, it, it, the times call for you know us to um, try and think how to unite the Muslims and um, uh, you know still teach uh, the 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 important things, but with uh, with wisdom and, and present them into in a place. And you know, when
0: you talk about uniting the Muslims, how are you going to unite them if, not, if they're not united on? The like, what else is going to unite? Uh, there's no political party, there's no current movement, there's, there's nothing that's going to unite
1: them. Yeah, yeah. So uniting I, them on the things like, like the, the their world view, the, the call of their Iman, you know. The things that are uh, shared and, and, and kind of agreed upon by all the groups first, I would say. Um,
0: and by the way, back to that levels of cooperation thing mm-hmm. and, and spheres of cooperation, you know, so to speak. So if as a Muslim community, as well, I think part of that conflict that you're talking about is when people um, don't recognize th- this concept of spheres. And so, for example, mm. there are there are um, there are platforms which might be very, very specific. Right, the guy who's teaching the halqa in the masjid, for example, right? It's a very, mm. very specific community-based uh, program. Or you might have something that is intended for the broader community, right, which is who is going to be, uh, you know, who is who's the, for example, uh, the building of an Islamic school, for example. Right. And for the Islamic school, I may not be so concerned with regards to these particular issues that the teacher, you know, that every individual teacher or the principal might fall under, you know, yeah. wh- where where all with regards to these issues that we're discussing because they are a muslim who believes in allah and believes in the quran as an authority and uh, right is going to teach a community of muslim kids to believe in allah and his messenger and the book and all of that right mm. iman we're gonna teach iman i'm not so concerned about what specific iman they're going to teach as long as general iman right and so the, the the sphere becomes much broader and then you have mm. a sphere that is even broader than that of course uh, the third, which is, you know, you're talking about the broader Muslim community dealing with the issues that every Muslim might face,
1: Yeah.
0: right? Whether they're, they're Sunni, whether they're Shi'i, whether they are... As long as they are Muslim, they face these particular issues, right? And so that is a third level of cooperation or sphere mm-hmm. of cooperation. And I think it takes... Uh, it doesn't... It, 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 this should be something that we are able to navigate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mashallah. So, um, about the course, how do you how do you how do you structure it? How do you um, go about is it like um going through uh, all of the names and ad- names of Allah? No, out, or?
0: Unfortunately, I mean, it was a weekend course. It was a weekend mm. seminar, so it's around sixteen mm. hours of instruction uh, over the entire weekend. And that was just not enough time for us to go over ninety nine names. Mm. And so go over, I think around forty names because you had to balance either between, Going into depth on some names or, you know, just being very light and try to go over as many names as we could. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in doing such a light uh, light, uh, explanation of the names. And so we ended up doing uh, around 40. And the way that we divided up the names is, you know, the scholars traditionally have a lot of different ways when you look at their books on the names of Allah. Probably one of the most famous categorizations is what's called Asmaul Jamal versus Asmaul Jalal, which is the names that invoke Allah's beauty versus the names that invoke Allah's awe. Uh, you know, Al Aziz, for example, the Mighty, would be a name that invokes awe, whereas Al Wahhab, the Gift Giver, invokes Allah's beauty, right? And so it's like that between names that are powerful versus names wow. that are beautiful and 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 gentle. And uh, what I did this seminar was i basically didn't do any of that and we teach the seminar through following two people's stories mm. so there's two fictional characters uh his name is jamal and her name is anisa she's a doctor too
1: oh. i thought you were gonna say jamila. Uh-huh. Jamal uh, jamal and Jalal jamila and jamila
0: oh that would be a good one so yeah
1: his hey, name welcome. was
0: jamal his name is jamal and her name is anisa and jamal is like a 22 year old uh university senior he's about to graduate and he's going through a very busy day he's got a job interview and he gets pulled over by the police and he's going to go meet a uh, a girl's family for uh you know a possible proposal so there's a lot of du'a that he's making on that day and then there is uh dr anisa and she's a doctor and she is you know, dealing with Islamophobia and she's got a kid and she's got her husband and she's dealing with uh, those issues. And so we're looking at, we're following her day and we're seeing each one of them, you know, every scene in their story is unlocking names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I wanted to connect the names to real life scenarios that we all go through so that we recognize. Because at the end of the day, it's not about anyone's particular story other than my own. And mm-hmm. other than your own. So how do you interact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your day? And so, alhamdulillah, that's the way that we've been uh, presenting it. And uh, I'm happy that it worked or not the way that it did.
1: MashaAllah, that sounds uh, sounds good. I feel like uh, signing up now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe we'll get you to write an article about uh, maybe just... Uh, I heard you're, you're a, write, a bit of a writer.
0: I try. I'm writing more now than I've ever right. had before. But alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm, I hope... One of my goals, inshallah, is to have a, a book on the names of Allah. So I, I, I really would like to,
1: you know, you especially hold, in staying... that kind of narrative uh, style.
0: Yeah, that could be. I would love uh, to make powerful. it as, creative as possible. I would yeah. love to make it as creative as possible, and uh, make it something that's really.
1: Uh, I, I, See, that's what I mean. I mean, no one would, no one would um, really disagree with that. That's not gonna. That that's the kind of thing that unites people and gets gets across the uh, the, the the important. Uh, aspect of you know, uh, Allah's names and how they affect you, and you know,
0: um. well, to be honest, Doctor Salman, I think it's just a matter of maturity. Mm. I'm not, I'm not, you know, again, these uh, these schools, these theological schools, have been around for centuries, and some of our greatest not just scholars but leaders and all of that have come from mm. different schools, <clears throat> right? But when you learn to be able to accommodate them and to recognize. Their righteousness and their greatness, mm. right? To appreciate it, and to not take anything away from them, and to then, uh, once a person has that maturity and and that understanding and that appreciation, I, I think a lot of these, you, you know, uh, fears that you
1: have, will <laughs> dissipate. I'm probably sounding OCD, but I'm just, uh, it's just something on, on my mind. You and uh...
0: like you live through a war. That's what you said. <laughs> Sound like the streets of London at one yeah. point were probably know. were
1: like that, but luckily, Alhamdulillah, I was. uh I, I'm too young to remember all of that. That fitna between these groups and that kind of stuff, but Alhamdulillah, we're trying to, uh, you know, we have a we have a good uh, a relationship with all, all different types of Muslim, different schools. So alhamdulillah, and I think stuff like what you're doing is 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 part, you know, um, is 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 a step in the good in the right direction for that. You know, um, you must get a um, lot of uh, different Kind of um, backgrounds, Muslims uh, attending and benefiting from that from Allah.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm very excited, and yeah. it's not just Muslims attending, but even non-Muslims. Wow, really?
1: The, yeah.
0: You know, one of the stories that really kicked off me preparing this seminar, and me just even myself just appreciating the names of Allah that were, you know, you kind of mm. learn as a child. Is I was, you know, in the U.S., uh, our eye socks our MSAs we call them, yeah. some student associations. So every you know spring semester they'll there'll be something called Islam Awareness Week. Yeah. And this is their big da'wah campaign usually, lots of Dawah focused events. Hmm. And so I came to um, I came to do a presentation at one university on Jesus and Islam. And so they they had done a great job kind of, you know, coordinating and networking and inviting different Christian student groups to come and attend. And so one group came and they attended the presentation. And then afterwards, they asked me to come and and sit down. And I sat down with them and we're all sitting at a round table. And there is a girl who's asking me questions. She's, you know, very intelligent and she's kind of like the leader of the group. And she's asking one question after another. And then finally, she says, what's your favorite attribute of God? And I said to her, you know what, that's a that's a great question. You know, I said to the group, I said, this is a great question. How about we go around first before I answer? How about everybody shares their favor? And so they said, great. And so this person says, uh, God is beautiful. Another one says, God takes care of me. Another one said, God is loving. The next one said, God is loving. Next one said, God is beautiful. Another one said, God is, you know, always Providing for me or something like that. And so when it finally got to me, you know, by the time it got to me, I had realized that all three of them were rotating between three attributes. Love, beauty, and taking care of. Hmm. Provision, all of that. And so when it got to me, I said, before I I share mine, you had mentioned that God is beautiful. We have a name for that. It's called Al-Jameel. They're like, what do you mean? I've got a name for that. What does that mean? <laughs> right. then another one says, uh, I say to them, You said that God takes care of you. We have a name for that I called them up. And again, they're like, You said that God is loving. We have a name for that, Al Wadud. Right? And so now they're all just looking at me like, What are you saying? And
1: then I. You know, like, yes, I'm Muslims like,
0: win. <laughs> no, now I'm appreciating that like every name that we have is an attribute. And his access that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us about himself that other people don't have. And so, but mm. now I really wanted to show off, right? I really wanted to reflect. So I said, <laughs> watch this. Allah al-Rahman al-Rahim al-Malik al-Quddus al-Salam al-Mu'min al-Muhaymin al-Aziz al-Jabbar al mutakabir al-Khaliq al al-Muzawir al when I tell you that jaws were dropping mm. at the table, mm. right? But in that moment, that's what I appreciate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us so much about himself that allah other people allah. do not do not even know they don't know mm. and so i'm reminded of one sheikh of mine who used to teach uh, a class on the names of allah and the attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he used to say that a christian youth minister from a nearby church would come and attend and he would tell him he said i've never heard god described it
1: the way that you're mm. right? so i mean christians yeah. they have this thing you know the the, the old testament the uh, kind of fire and brimstone in the new testament it's all about love and that i mean kind of caricatured but they don't have this richness of and that's one of the you know wisdoms behind sending more messengers right to to um to reintroduce uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to to people who've lost that knowledge um
0: there there's an exercise that i do with the class I tell them, you know, the Prophet وسلم, he says that on the day of judgment, he says in the hadith, Anasyudu Adam Yom Al He says, I am the master of the children of Adam on the day of judgment. And I'm not saying this out of pride. He's not saying this out of pride. Adam everybody other than Adam, everybody else, they're all under my banner on the day of judgment. The Prophet's banner. And his banner is Hamd banner wow. of praise, Muhammad. And so, why is it that the Prophet وسلم, is carrying the banner of praise? Something interesting the scholars mentioned is they said because he is Muhammad, he is Ahmad, he is Ahmad he's the one who praised Allah the most, and his ummah is the one that praises Allah the most. Not just the Prophet صلى wow. صلى وسلم, hmm. but it's his the ones who praise Allah the most, and Then we do an example in the class and I ask, right? And I it it didn't matter what city, I ask and I say, when you experience something wonderful, what do you say? Everybody says, Alhamdulillah. When you experience the worst moment in your life, on a day where everything is dark and everything's gone wrong, what do you say? Alhamdulillah. Okay, why is it that when you experience something horrible, that you say Alhamdulillah? Why is it? And guess what? Everybody will say things to the nature of, I believe God is, has hikmah, God is wise, uh, Allah is preparing me for something better, Allah is purifying me, Allah, 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 all of that is simply a manifestation of positive thinking regarding Allah, mm-hmm. right, good expectations mm-hmm. that they have about Allah, why is it that they have all of this incredible expectation about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is because what they know about Allah. Whereas somebody else will be cursing God out, right? Or will be sh- disbelieving in Allah or shaking their hands towards the heavens saying, why God, why? The Muslim mm. is saying Alhamdulillah because they know that even their most bitter moments are coming from a Lord who is Rahman. Mm. A Lord who is a Lord that is Samiya, A Lord that is Qadir, right? And so these names play an incredible part in our emotions. They play an incredible part in our day to day. They play in a they are incredibly anchoring for
1: us. Mm. Salam, guys, me again reminding you to head over to Islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on at Islam twenty-one c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. I mean how do you how do you get someone to that level then? Because many Muslims will be watching this thing, you know, who fall into that that those mistakes, right? When we're having negative thoughts uh, about Allah, or not having husnul dun billah, and and these types of things, and I'm thinking, you know, for my own children, for example, how do you put our, how do we put our children in in their tarbiyah on a trajectory to one day be adult believers like that, who, when anything any calamity strikes them, they, you know, they 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 um they have good thoughts about Allah, and they just remain steadfast and because that kind of stuff, you can't just learn from or just by, you know, by the way, here's some facts. <laughs> there has to be some kind of experiential kind of uh, impact to them, right? Yeah, so, uh,
0: that's, you know, um, um, I, I would say a couple of things. Number one is uh, there has to be a reservoir of goodness that they recognize from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So mm-hmm. that when something bad happens, they're able to actually juxtapose it with everything good that has happened. And so, when they experience something good, that their parents remind them who it came from. Remember to thank Allah subhanahu yeah, wa taala. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa taala is the one who gave you this great gift. Allah is the one who provided this for you. Allah. So Allah is not some foreign concept to the child, mm. right? Uh, that's the one. Uh, number two, of course, and even before that, is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from, from the beginning, right? Yeah. Actually learning the names of Allah, learning who Allah is, studying, you know, learning the tafsir of the surah that you're reciting, these surah of the Qur'an that are the most oft-repeated yeah. uh and Allah knew that, Qul hada, you know, the last three, Allah knew, of course that these surahs were going to be the most off-repeated surah in the entire Quran other than surah al-Fatiha. And so between these four and then whatever other surahs learn the meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Just um, again, all of that investment is important. And then number three, I would say with parents is raising children to be conscious of Allah's presence and not yours. Allah's presence mm-hmm. and not yours. I mean, there's a, a story that I love sharing because I just found it so profound. Even though it was just a random conversation at the masjid one time, a brother uh, an elder brother he said to me he said you know what i tell my children i said what i say to them you want to know when y'all be muslim you want to <laughs> know when y'all be muslim and his kids are like baba what do you mean of course we're muslim and he's like y'all will be muslim when y'all pray without me having to tell you to pray mm. that you'll be muslim when you pray without me or your mom telling you to pray right And for me, that was incredibly profound because as a father, he is not trying to raise his children to be concerned about his presence. Mm -hmm. You will be Muslim when you have a a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is independent of your relationship with me. That's independent of your relationship with your mother. When they have that, they recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on their own. They pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on their own. They pray Salah on their own. Then when they experience grief on their own, they will know to turn to Allah on their own.
1: Yeah, SubhanAllah. Subhanallah. I mean, one uh, one really good resource uh, I use with my kids. I say use, it's more like just put them in front of it. (laughs) But uh, it's uh, some brothers and sisters in the UK, they made this series. I think it's called Mystery Bunch. um, Where it's just like puppets and they they tell stories and stuff. And uh, the stories are revolving around the name of Allah. Similar to perhaps uh, what you do in the course, but for a younger audience, you know. Um, so you know there'll be a, a little kind of child that's hungry and is kind of searching for food, and then you know the moral of the story is Allah is al Razak, you know. Or there will be kids, where, you know, the, their parents will say, you know, go and eat this in somewhere no one, somewhere no one can see you, and one clever one will be like, well, actually Allah can see you because He is al Basir, and these types of things. So I think we need. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good uh, series called Mystery Bunch. Uh,
0: I, have to I didn't know it existed. My yeah. my my daughter is just 2 years old, so I'm I'm still uh, I'm still in the mm. I, I haven't gotten to to these types of uh, programming yet, but I'll get there soon inshallah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really it was really beneficial alhamdulillah. Um in fact, one of my kids just ta- was speaking about it now a few hours ago and um, just reminded me <laughs> subhanallah but uh that's a good segue for you know another thing i wanted to ask you about and that is you know creative ways um to present uh not just kind of um uh, to pre- present anything anything beneficial right knowledge islamic knowledge um beneficial knowledge in any kind of uh, sphere so one of the things that you know, in like yakia courts for example that that story uh, narrative style is very interesting um mm-hmm. i think we need more and more of these uh, things especially in the the kind of media domain you know and like film and uh, the arts and and uh, poetry and that kind of stuff
0: so i i read a recent a, a, a very interesting book uh
1: recently last week actually
0: called story brand okay mm-hmm. now people who are in film and you know my good friend bilal khan i'm, I'm sure he knows all of this stuff all the anyway but for me someone not coming necessarily from that branding world and that storytelling world. This is a guy who's written like thousands of, not thousands, but he's written a lot of uh, uh, scripts. Mm. And he talks about the hero's journey. Are you familiar with the hero's journey? Like there are seven steps that every hero takes, or this is like the formula for a hit movie. Mm. And, you know, you have the hero, you have the character, and then you have uh, the problem. Of course, everybody's got to have a problem. Otherwise, if you don't have a problem, then you have no story you simply go to a, if you simply, it's you know, it's
1: the Mufasa dying.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to have, right. You have to have Simba and then you have to have the the problem. Mufasa yeah. gets killed and he gets kicked out.
1: Spoiler alert. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and then, and then number three is you have to have the hero mm. can't turn into the hero without having a guide. Every movie has to have a guide. Mm. Every story has to have a guide. And the guide is the person outside of the hero because of the guide. If the hero didn't need a guy, then he wouldn't have gotten into trouble in the first place, right? So he needs Timon and Pumbaa, or he needs Nala, or he needs uh, Rakishi. Rafiki. Not Rafiki. And he has uh, Rafiki. Mm. And then he basically um, develops into who he is, right? Mm. And there's more to it. Uh, I'm, uh, But the point is, is that uh, there oh sorry, I forgot. There's the an
1: antagonist. A,
0: there has to be a villain.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. The worse the villain, the the more important the story, right? You have to have a Voldemort or you have to have a scar or you have to have wherever it is. And so when I was I was thinking about this, I was thinking that even in our presentations, we don't really do any of these types of things. Mm. Right? Uh, and if you do, then it's kind of just you happen to fall <clears throat> into you don't really follow these types of things. Yeah, it's by accident. Mm. I thought this would be something really interesting that even when we're talking about our courses or whether... So I have another course called The Venom and the Serum, which is a study of sin. Uh, it's the, entire, the entire course is about al-Dhanub al-Ma'as. It's based on Ibn al-Qayyim's book, mm. The illness of the Cure. But I was thinking to myself, man, like, I, this course could have been so much more creative. Like, you could have made the enemy uh, al-Dhanub or could, you could have made it your nafs. Like, this is the person who, and you're the hero. And yeah. I think a, a lot of times also is that, unfortunately, even in our presentations, we try to make ourselves the hero, right? And so the sheikh is the hero or the teacher is the hero or, uh, you know, whoever. And even if it's just you teaching a, a bunch of MSA kids or university yeah. kids, you're the one who everybody else has to be rotating around as opposed to you being in a place of, of being the guide. Because everybody is interested in being the hero themselves. Anyway, wow. so that awesome. was a quick tangent for you.
1: Yeah, that's really um, uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. A, like I, I think there's so much room for creativity mm. uh, in our communities, in our spaces. I think it requires a couple of things. Number one, it requires uh, innovation. Creativity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how you know I was gonna say that. <laughs> it does. Like it requires innovation because sometimes Muslims. Okay, now you're getting me into another. <laughs> we are, at least in the United States, you, when you talk about your average Muslims, you're, you're not talking about culture creators. You're talking about culture consumers. And I talk about this yeah. a lot as well. <clears throat> a culture <throat> creator is, is somebody who, who they are the ones who create new uh, genres. They create new. like I'll give you a, a really quick example. How long have we been debating about music being halal versus haram? How yeah,
1: long has yeah. that been
0: happening? <laughs> it's been happening almost as forever. long as
1: the Smoosfad debate.
0: <laughs> Even longer. <laughs> and so, as Muslims are banging their heads, the only way that I can be an artist is if I make music and blah 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 blah. I want you to Google and look up acapella on YouTube. Yeah. And okay. just look. Look at how crazy that community is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Every, I mean, you're talking about... I mean, we
1: steal their stuff all the time for... Uh, <laughs> for your wedding. <laughs> background, for the right? videos. and. <laughs> <laughs> these yeah. guys,
0: right? And, and they're not even listening.
1: Yeah, they're yeah. not even... You, like, I always say, I mean, we need to embrace these... Uh, these you, you call them restrictions if you want, but that's what pushes and drives creativity and innovation.
0: The Look, good kind. The Muslims absorbed so much from the Greek world, right? Mm. The Greeks and, and right, and you had Beitul Hikman, the translation of all of these texts and Greek philosophy and all of that. And every, the Muslims didn't look at them and say, oh, well, their form of artistry is sculpting. They're, they're sculpting statues. So we must sculpt statues. That is the only way. They make images. So, mm. And that is the only way that we can profess art. And so they looked and they said, OK, well, that's haram for us. Right. It is. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this calligraphy thing and we are going to blow everybody out of the water with calligraphy Mm -hmm. and with architecture and with and with and with. Right. And we and in the US, probably the most creative, not probably the most creative community is the African-American community. Right. And so they have, you know, they created jazz. And then they created rock and roll. Maybe they created rock and roll first and jazz first. I'm not sure. And then hip hop. And and then when hip hop, each time, you know, they create it, and then somebody else comes and takes it over. And by someone else, I mean white people. And then uh, they go to something else, right? And so hip hop then is becoming gentrified. And okay, I was watching recently, and I was I was sharing this in my in in the other course, the Venom and the Serum. I was sharing to them. I said, look. Have you seen these rap battles that happen? Literally stadiums. Or theaters. Mm -hmm. Not stadiums, but theaters. Hundreds and hundreds of people. No music involved. No music at all. It's just people going back and forth. Now, it's still haram because of all of the vulgarity and the (laughs) insulting. Okay, But my point is, they were able to create a new culture, a new project, a new artistry that is independent of the thing that we have said has been limiting our artistry, which is music. Am I making sense here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, this is similar to what a discussion we had with um, Omar Issa. He's a Nasheed artist and he's really super kind of anti-music and he he has so many creative alternatives to that that you don't even notice, you know, um, that there's something lacking because he he's able to Captivate his uh, listeners and, and get you know positive messages across as well. And Mashallah you can uh, is very successful. I mean, he wants to make a kind of a joint boy band with uh, myself and um, Omar Suleiman as well. Uh, mashallah. But uh, you know, might, might, are, uh, they, might are, an they, are they are they
0: are they going to be okay with you taking sixty percent of the shine?
1: <laughs> We've already got a website. It's called Netflix.
0: I don't so, get it, Netflix.
1: Yeah. Naat is uh, Urdu for uh, like a nasheed. Oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> you don't know that. I thought you were a creative uh, guy. Man. My, Urdu is weak.
0: my Urdu is weak. But guess what? Yeah. If my Urdu is weak, it's OK. Because I realized that Pakistanis don't really speak Urdu either. <laughs> At least in America, I have a group yeah. with like maybe 12 of my friends were all in a WhatsApp group. They're almost all of them are are Pakistani of Pakistani origin. Mm. And so then I had, a, uh, I had a a picture with Urdu script on it and I, I sent it to them and I asked, <laughs> uh, can you guys tell me what this says? And there was this embarrassed, shamed silence in the entire group. I was shocked.
1: You're like, like, I need to find more Pakistani friends. <laughs>
0: And then, you know, I, I sent it before I went to sleep, woke up in the morning and they were just, you know, kind of ignoring it. And then when I passed, <laughs> they were like, oh, we don't read Urdu. And then, like, by the end of the day, they started discussing about how they can, you know, barely speak it. And then by mm-hmm. the next morning, some of them barely understood it. I was like, what is going on? Man? <laughs> I felt like I have been lied to my whole life. Mm-hmm. Is it that uh, people don't really read Urdu that much?
1: Uh, it's true. I mean, when generally you, uh, you know, some people do like Urdu GCSEs here, um, which is like a, a, an exam you do in high school, secondary yeah. school. But most people, I, I, I think most people do We can speak it. The only reason I can read Urdu a little, I mean, slowly, is because of Arabic. <laughs> I never actually I learned Urdu, but it's the same script, so just a few extra letters.
0: I Can understand yeah. because most kids growing up, I'm sure their parents are more interested in them learning how to read the Quran than learning how to read Urdu. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. kind Alhamdulillah. of, I'm the pious, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's uh, I mean, the cre- we were talking about the creativity and yeah. um, um, bringing back to the the names and attributes, what's what's next for uh, what's next for you in in, in that regard? Are you are you interested in making uh, like more uh. Maybe written pieces or um, yeah, videos so there's, and that kind of story, that kind of stuff.
0: I'd love to. I would love to do a um, a names of Allah book. Inshallah, We'll, we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, I also wanted to do. I'm gonna check out the 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 cartoons that you had mentioned.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll send because them
0: to you, I'm very interested in 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 young programming as well. Now that now that I have an investment of my own. <laughs> I want to make sure that there's some programming and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what everybody tells you. They're like as soon as you have a child, all of a sudden you're looking around and saying like what is the what does our community have so yeah. uh that is well the child and and we'll see how it goes um, for now, I'm happy with yeah. this online lunch and how things uh,
1: yeah. uh I'm how- there's another good resource it's called uh, islam 21 ccom so there's a lot Rick? of good stuff there um check it out I know oh, they're a bit dodgy, but one do see me. 21st century oh okay i didn't make up the name <laughs> but uh sheikh ali hamouda he's uh we're in the middle of a series of his it's a very very in-depth series um looking at i think 20 different names uh, of allah um but in a very unique way So um, that, that's uh that's pretty good we'll, we'll put some links in the description and stuff um but yeah in terms of kids uh, I recommend that uh, that mystery bunch. And generally, do you find I mean, maybe your daughter, your do- you say your daughter or son? Daughter. Um, I mean, maybe they're too young, but it's amazing how you don't really need to um, and I was remark- reflecting on this when, because my eldest is 10 now, alhamdulillah. But I was reflecting on the fact that you don't have to really do much to introduce Allah to them. You really see the fitrah that kind of that we all will talk about in a kind of an academic sense, but you can see it in you know in front of you that there's something. It's just like that they say the soil. You just need to plant the seed and it grows itself. You know,
0: it has been amazing to me to watch mm. my child grow. It's just been unbelievable, Mashallah Like, and this quarantine has been a blessing because I've just been grounded right for seven. <laughs> normal traveling and all that type of stuff, but. You know when Allah subhanahu wa Ta-A'la says that He is the one who made for you hearing and seeing and and intellect, very little do you give thanks. Or where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah is the one who brought you out of your mother's wombs not knowing anything. And I'm seeing this child come out, doesn't know anything, and then just one day one day, she just grabs her mom's hijab, puts it lopsidedly kind of on her head, and faces the qibla and goes, Allah. <laughs> she doesn't say Allah, She just goes like this. And she, I'm watching her. And she goes into, uh, she skips ruku' because she went straight into sujood. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll give her that. And then she goes into tashahud. And she's wiggling <laughs> both of her fingers. Her niece, she's wiggling both <laughs> of her fingers. And I'm just watching it. I'm like, if she looks to the right to do salam, I'm going to flip it. Like, I'm going to destroy this living room. If she literally, when did she learn this? This is all just observing. Yeah. And she ended up, If I was just like, just give me the Maliki salam. Just give me one to the right. And I'm happy. She hit me with two. She hit me with the right and the left. <laughs> I was, it is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. So when you, you're you introducing your children to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, mm. but in a way they're introducing Allah to you as well, right? You're seeing uh, mm. just incredible uh, care, mm. Lutf from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. It is, uh, and it increases you in gratitude to Allah as well. Yeah.
1: How do you translate Lutf? Is it, you say, subtlety?
0: So that's one of the things with, the, with this class is that we kind of have to break down because uh, a Lutf is... Is is two things. Mm -hmm. It is rizq, which is kindness and gentleness, and number two is ilb. Those are the two pillars of it. It is gentleness, uh, kindness, and it is knowledge of intricate benefits and how Mm -hmm. to bring them to whoever he wishes from his creation. So that notion of intricate, subtle, detailed, specific benefits, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows that. So uh, the short end to your Question is, no, I don't just say subtle, but I don't have a single word
1: <laughs> yeah, for it. Uh-huh. Salam, guys. Last reminder, I promise. Head over to Islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. So, yeah, check out the Mystery Bunch and uh 21 c as well and uh, anytime you need anything uh, translated into Ur- from Urdu, uh don't ask me <laughs> well uh,
0: so far I, d- I know who not to ask i don't know
1: <laughs> i'm just kidding send it my way i'll put it through google translate for you yes, uh, <laughs> I- so um i look forward to speaking speaking to you in uh in the future soon inshallah um it's time for Mullib uh, over here so i'm going to keep you much longer
0: that's called a humble brag. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. You're pious. You know, you're dressed like you're about to go leave the jihad. Time, to, uh, time to
1: break my fast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, We've been drinking all along, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug you uh, in the future, shall I? Get you to put pen to paper, so to speak, and uh, give us some some of those gems and start writing for us some and see as well. Um, oh, sure. when you, you you're in the ecosystem now, so you've been you've been roped in, so. Uh, expect uh expect a lot of spam from me uh uh-huh. and uh and stuff like that and once this uh pandemic is over inshallah uh, when I... am i gonna get to interview you about your doctorate <laughs> you can <laughs> you already did that before you started recording alhamdulillah. but uh actually i was recording i think
0: so maybe we we can make that the intro
1: yeah you want to uh go ahead I mean, Sheikh Yasuqadi. Uh, thankfully, when he did it, we weren't recording, so he was completely taking me out. Um, <laughs> but uh,
0: Sheikh <laughs> <laughs> so acid has a way yeah. of doing that. He has a way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's going like this: like, answer me quickly, yeah, yeah. give me that. <laughs> Hold on.
1: But I've been, uh, I've been really good at um blagging. What we call blagging. i don't know what you guys call it. I Learned suppose. that from. Him. He said that yeah. word, like. So, I mean, uh, that's what got me through my Viva. They said, you know, your thesis is kind of weak. Uh, didn't have many kind of spectacular results. They said your your performance in your Viva, which is the oral examination, the defense of it, said, you know, that pushed you over the the, the kind of past mark. And, and my, my undergraduate, um, uh, what's it called? Un- undergraduate project um, presentation, Viva. Um, after that, one of the PhD students that was helping me, he over—he said he overheard his, my supervisor then talking to the different thing. They said, you know, Salman, he's an excellent B- BSer, basically. <laughs> so uh, that was my kind of, uh, I don't know, I, was, I didn't know whether to be offended or uh, honored, but uh, well, in terms uh, of that I was so tough, the like,
0: well, That's coming from the British, I will yeah. take
1: it. <laughs> But, uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So fire away if you have any questions. I'm I'm uh I'm more than ready to uh I was born okay. ready to uh
0: we'll, we'll do an interview inshallah we'll do it later inshallah so, uh, yeah
1: yeah okay so uh yeah Zak khair for uh for uh, your time yeah. and uh, speaking to us and Zak khair unto you watching at home uh if you like this podcast give a like and a share if you reach this far uh, without getting distracted too much then uh, congratulations you're awesome uh, let us know in the comments below. Um, if you did reach the end i uh, used to do this before but i stopped doing it but it' distracted a bit but uh yeah remember to press subscribe if you haven't already hit the bell notification as well so you get uh notified at the front of the queue whenever we are publishing anything new and just a reminder we're available uh, everywhere now i think where you can find uh, any podcasts so apple uh, spotify castbox google play uh, all that kind of good stuff so that's it from me uh, and the Samtrans C team. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa
0: barakatuh.